Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. And also, this episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from communities can get together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And, once again, loving this episode as we are joined by Casey Bartley of HammerAndRails.com to break down the Purdue Boilermakers as, yeah, we head into this weekend's game that's uh, coming up really, really fast. And then, at the very end, (laughs) that's right, mailbag time. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, you wonderful Spartan fans. Hello, you fantastic Locked On Spartans. Uh, That's right, you wonderful, wonderful listeners, you. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Spartans. That's right, today is uh, November 4th. It's a Thursday. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I'm 82% sure that that's the day and the date today. Okay, yeah, let's move forward from that with confidence. Um, Welcome to another episode of Locked On Spartans. That's right, your team every single weekday. We do this Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, we are joined by HammerAndRails.com's Casey Bartley to help break down the Boilermakers, find out uh, you know what to expect from, from these guys as we uh, turn the page from a historic rivalry win to, a, well, by all accounts, a, a pretty well-defined version of what a trap game is. Uh, if, if you were to tell me, hey, Matt, uh, please define what a trap game is. It's coming up this Saturday in ross Stadium. So, yeah, but we, we get down to the X's and O's. We look at position groups of Purdue here in a little bit. And then at the very end, of course, we have the mailbag. That's right. A lot of you have been sending in questions lately. So we're going to pick and prod at those and, and answer those. And if you have ever have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out. Uh, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. That's right. So, uh, yeah, with, without further ado, yeah, let's uh, let's get into this conversation with our guy, Casey Bartley of HammerAndRails.com. Folks, our Michigan State Spartans uh, have a big game coming up on Saturday, and so I've got two things here to lead us into that trap game. That first thing is a hard seltzer that I'm going to crack open to take the edge off of my nerves coming up this Saturday. And the second is actually... Even more better, it is Casey Barley of HammerAndRails.com. Yes, that's right. Take us to church about the Purdue football Boilermakers. Casey, how on earth are you doing on this fine evening, my man? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for the invite. How are you doing tonight, Matt? I'm horrible. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a wreck. I am I am uh, shooketh about this game coming up on Saturday. I thought that the well, high of the uh, Michigan what? game could carry me through, but here we are. I know. I know. I, know. I, I don't get this very much from opposing fans. <laughs> oh, well, it, 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 welcome to – okay, I shouldn't say most Michigan State fans. I think I'm in the minority, but I can psych myself out over any game. And, okay, like, here's the thing. It, like, if this was a noon game, I'd be feeling awesome. The fact it's a 3.30 game on ABC for the whole world to see. I mean, do you, Purdue fans, also feel like this is a big trap game for Michigan State? Like, are you kind of looking at your chops over there, over in West Lafayette? Honestly, I'm terrified as well, which, okay. you know, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't contrast very well compared to now. I guess we both have that vibe. 
Uh, yeah. You know, we kind of already have our 330 ABC upset of the year. Um, it's quite a yes. lot to think we have two of them. <laughs> I, that- you know what? I kind of feel the same way, though, because you guys got, like, you guys already got your BS kind of out of you, huh? Like, you guys already beat Iowa number two on the road. So you guys can't possibly, you can't possibly do it twice in the same year. Can you? You know, that Can you? <laughs> it's, it certainly wasn't something I foresaw at the beginning of the season. Uh, I'm a win away from about to have a try that little IHOP challenge or Waffle House challenge because <laughs> I thought we wouldn't get to 500. So, no, I didn't see, I don't foresee two top five victories in the same season. All right, perfect. Well, it is canon, it is gospel. Why even play the game? You know what? Let's just, let's just stop right there. Um, on a serious note, I guess we should talk about it. But before I want to get to the game here, I kind of what you're talking about. I, I just want like a general vibe check of Purdue fans. Like, how are you guys feeling this season? Because for the most part, you guys have won the games you're supposed to win. You've lost the games that maybe you're supposed to lose. Ah, except for that Iowa game, though. So does that little big time, actually, uh, top five win tip it over to the scale of you guys are happy? Or how are you guys feeling for the season so far over in uh, Boilermaker land? There's no way to argue about our schedule and the fact that we come into this game with five wins already. We're looking at a bowl game. That would be, mm-hmm. you know, six regular season wins would be a high for the Brown era. I, I think we're struggling a little bit because the only success Purdue has had football-wise usually comes with us having a really good offense. Yeah. And then hopefully we have a decent enough defense to get by. This year, it's been the exact opposite. Even in those wins, even the Iowa game, you know, 24 points while forcing four interceptions, not that impressive as showing. So it's hard to trust this team entirely because it really doesn't seem like an offense we have a team that we can trust to put points up on the board. We've got a lot of 13 point games on our docket. Yeah. So let's actually start with that good, like good part of the game for you guys is the defense. And one stat that just pops out immediately is that you guys have a top 10 scoring defense lighting up just 17.1 points per game. That is top 10 in the nation. But here's the other caveat, though, is like, do you see that as an elite defense or is that a number kind of helped by the fact that Purdue has also played, well, UConn, which we can maybe both agree that hardly counts as a college football (laughs) team. And you guys have also played Illinois. But so, like, how do you just feel about the defense as a whole before we get? You can just say what you want to say. We we play defense in the Big Ten. Okay, perfect. There it goes. Definitely helps. We we have played. I believe one quarterback that threw for over 60% completions coming into the game. And that was Adrian Martinez. Wow. Yeah. So we've definitely been helped by that. But at the same time, we have looked good. Even against Notre Dame, we didn't get blown out. The Wisconsin game got out of hand, but we also, you know, turned the ball over four times. So I think our defense is for real, but it's absolutely helped out by a lot of Big Ten teams are very one dimensional. Mm Hmm. No question about that. And so, and also can't help to notice that too, is that, yeah, passing completion percentage is very hard to come by against the Boilermakers. Is that more of the pass rush with, you know, George Karloftis? Is it the coverage? Or is it a of both for you guys on defense for limiting the pass completion? Our talent is definitely on the defensive line. Karloftis is, you know, a bona fide first to second rounder. I would be shocked if he doesn't stay in the first round just with the priority of edge rushes, yeah. but we've, we've got a lot of collective speed 
And what really helps with Karloftis is his his stat numbers and stuff don't look impressive. But you have to triple team him almost just to make sure right. he doesn't get yeah. to your quarterback. So we've had a lot of guys be able to use that space and uh, kind of just really take advantage of that. But I think we've got three defensive coordinators. I didn't know if I don't know if you know that. I did not. No. Wow. My okay. goodness. Okay. Three <laughs> defensive coordinators. Um, and I don't know what they're doing, but it's working because everyone says that a, a defense that is fast is fast because of athleticism. But players play fast when they know the scheme, when they know where they're supposed to be when there's no hesitation and you really yeah. see that on the field, we are an aggressive, fast defense that knows what they're doing and where to be. And we attack the ball. So it's just straight up like 11 has to the ball, no matter what, is there something that you guys pride yourself more on when it comes to team like pass defense and run defense? Are you guys better at one than the other, or is it a pretty steady balance of both over there? I I know why you're asking this because you, you have a killer. <laughs> Running back. And what, I was going to get there later. Yeah. <laughs> but so far, our past defense has been surprising. The one thing about our running, uh, our running defense is we were kind of showing up against Wisconsin. They were able to run the ball on us. We're not very big. And we're not very deep on the defensive line. We don't have, you know, a bunch of hog mollies that can take up two blocks and hold the lanes inside. So I would definitely say I have a little more confidence in getting pressure on the quarterback and passes and being able to come up with some plays for some turnovers in the past. I think a steady, good run game, even Illinois had success against us just running it over and over. Cause we, we don't have the big bodies for it. So does that have you shook about Kenneth Walker then, or yes. does the fact, okay. Okay. I'll just come to the shit. Yeah, terrified. Right, right, right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop BSing. Yeah. How worried are you about Kenneth Walker? I, I'm terrified. I, okay. it's like a three point cover and I don't understand it. We, mm-hmm. we obviously have the Iowa win and that's probably the only time national TV is tuned in when we beat Iowa. So we look a little better. Than we are, but I'm your coach is relatively new. I'm assuming he's had more than one game plan in the last 20 years. Maybe, maybe. So he's better than fair. <laughs> Perhaps. Right. He's better than right. what Iowa has. <laughs> right. So I, I think you're going to be able to wear us down and we still aren't like the most talented defense. So you put a star out there. I think he's going to find open lanes and be able to both uh, really keep you guys ahead of the chain, which I think is a success against attacking this defense. And I suppose, Football in general. And we will be back in a hot second with Casey Bartley, but first need to talk to you fine folks about, that's right, McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, probably serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends, family, and fans of their favorite teams can come to reconnect. That's right, whether it's you know driving by the old drive through and getting a, a big old sack of fries or just uh, stepping in to warm up after a chilly night at Spartan Stadium and, well, charging your phone, connecting some Wi-Fi, and getting some tweets off. That's right. McDonald's is the spot to do that as well. Because win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, and the away team can come to recharge. This is a place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to uh, rest and refill and, yeah, give uh, your nice little legs a stretch there too, so... Uh, you've heard me talk about McDonald's for quite some time. I've worked at McDonald's for three years, and yeah, it truly is a, a, a little community center, people. You'd always get a regulars in the morning, uh, at night after big football games, so 
yeah, not only is it just awesome food at a very nice price with also banging coffee as well, it's just an awesome spot to just, hey, chill out, relax, and enjoy the warm interior decor that pretty much every McDonald's seems to have these days. Uh, so head to your local McDonald's. Refuel, reconnect. Did somebody say Locked on Spartans Watch Party? All right, guys. That's right. Thank you, McDonald's. Serving community since 1965. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And we'll get back with Casey Bartley here in a hot second, but first I want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Free and available where you get your podcasts. So, like, Walker is obviously our star of the offense. We also have Jaden Reed, great wide receiver. Peyton Thorne, hey, awesome quarterback. And on the other end of the ball for you guys, you have Karlaftis. Is there anyone else that the common fan should know about? Or I guess another way to ask this question is, who else on the defense for you guys should I be losing sleep over? Lately, it's been Cam Allen. No, he's got four interceptions on the season. He's our safety. Really has been coming up with some plays. Uh, Jalen Alexander is probably the name you'll hear most. Uh, Really fast linebacker, gets kind of all over the field. Uh, You're going to hear those two names. Uh, Cam Allen is probably the one that's, right up there next to uh, it's really changed who the second defensive lineman every game is that, you know, takes advantage of all that uh, pressure that Karloftis puts on. So I I would have to go Cam Allen uh, really ball hawking right now, playing well. And if we're going to win, it's because we're going to force you into some third and longs, get some pressure and force some passes and hopefully come away with a pick or two. I don't know about hopefully (laughs) hold on there. So, moving, you guys started the season with Plummer, obviously, and then you moved to Aiden O'Connell. And, well, you did have kind of like a three-quarterback rotation going on for the Iowa game. It was still very clear that O'Connell was the guy that was going to get the lion's share. So, what is the best thing that O'Connell brings to the table? Why? He's a really quick, decisive decision maker, particularly up the seams and up the middle, which terrifies me because when it goes poorly, he throws, you know, <laughs> the eight interceptions he has on the year, but <laughs> sure. there's no doubt when we have open receivers and when you, when you're throwing to someone like David Bell, there usually is an open receiver on the field. So he's very quick and decisive, aggressive, sometimes to a fault, but he's not one of the quarterbacks. that's going to run around, uh, make plays with his feet. It, it's purely what he has above his head, making quick decisions and getting the ball there. And David Bell, you mentioned, I, I guess I could stop beating around the bush. You know, Carl mm-hmm. Aftis makes me not sleep at night on defense. And David Bell, he went for, what was it, 7,953 yards against Iowa, I, I believe it was. He, just he, had, had, a, a, he had a mild down. game. Yeah, you know, it was just a casual game right. for him. <laughs> so, yeah, just going north of 200 yards on the road. You know, just casual mm-hmm. stuff. But what? why is he scary? Like, what, what's the best part about his game? I know that's a dumb question, but I would rather hear it from your mouth than mine. There's absolutely no weakness in his game. He's got decent size. He's fast. He's quick. Really runs routes well. Really knows how to find space. To me, he's a a Allen Robinson type is who I look at in the NFL. Because if it gets near him, he controls his body angle, catches balls. You know, he can be horizontal, reaching back. Everything that comes near him, he catches. And he's really improved his yak game this year. So now he's bringing in some more explosive plays. So really, he he should be the focus. And the reason Iowa got burned, because they just, one cornerback tried to stick to him. They had an in, in NFL cornerback, and it didn't work. 
That's all we heard. All yikes. Game. <laughs> yikes on just one guy shadowing him all yeah. game. Um, let's say hypothetically, okay, MSU throws uh, 15 guys at David Bell. Smart I don't plan. know how they got away from more than Must be IU refs. Of course, as you do. <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. Who is the second guy that MSU should worry about if there is one? Or is it really just like a one-man show with David Bell? The one place that Brom has recruited well where we have talent is the receiving core. Okay. We have other guys. Uh, the number one guy that steps out to me who I think when you watch him, you're going to be like, oh, that guy looks like he's going to be a wide receiver one. And it's Milton Wright. He's big, right up there, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, good speed. Had a little bit of a drop the ball issue to start the season. Don't love to see it, but you can't deny his physicality on the field. And between him and Payne Durham, our tight end, really can wreck stuff up the seam. And when it comes to the run game, any number I look at, I'm very sorry, but it does not look like it's going so great (laughs) for Purdue. But does it keep you up at night, or is just the pass game really good enough that you don't even have to worry about the run game? Like, what's that like for you guys' point of view? So we got Xander Horvath back last week, and our other running back is King Doru. So we have yeah. the best names in the backfield of right. anyone in the country. <laughs> yes. And that's the most positive aspect of it. Okay. They sound really cool. But it, Horvath is big and plotting. Um, he made a, He came back, I think he ran about 11 times for 20-some yards. That's about what you're going to get against a good defense. He's not fast. Break a tackle or two, carry a guy forward. King, a uh, little smaller, good burst, not great. Neither of them are guys that are going to break a big runoff. Not the kind of guy you worry. You guys have a bad run defense, so maybe they'll find some holes. But for the most part, we just run to try to keep you a little bit on balance. Also, Brom loves to run on third and fourth and one. So you'll you'll be excited when they line up in I formation for some reason. (laughs) And it's going to come in one of the A gaps. And you'll probably stop I, I will relay that to the coaching staff uh, yeah. Yeah, right, right now. Uh, yeah, I'll call Mel Tucker immediately after mm-hmm. this uh, phone call, no doubt about it. Um, when it kind of comes to the offensive line, though, um, and more so specifically in pass protection, like it seems like most games you guys do a good job at holding the quarterback upright. <laughs> but then again, like there's a game against Wisconsin where I, I think there were six sacks, if I'm not mistaken. So like, what's just your general vibe on the offensive line? Are they good? Are they bad? <laughs> Are they just fine? Like what's, so- what, what's the word here? So at the start of the season, the athletic does this little, uh, they get words from people in the big 10 and they do an anonymous uh-huh. report. And the quote on the Purdue offensive line was Brom doesn't ask them to do very much and they're not good at it. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if okay. they get stretched, right. if they're forced to get back there, it's a problem. Cause AOC is not going to move around. Um, I think he's taken okay. four sacks this year that have taken us out of field goal range on third down. Okay. Poof. So, <laughs> All right. They do what they do, and we try to assist them. I was say that pretty much sums it up. Then, oh boy. Okay. So uh, we just okay. Like because like from my point of view, and I'm going off track here. I'm talking about my problems right now, even though I've introduced you to the pod, and but I want you to play therapist right now. Like, Michigan State last week. Hey. Thank you, because I need someone to help. Uh, mm-hmm. Like last week, like the pass rush didn't go so well against Michigan. But then again, like that's a good offensive line. So is this 
is this a place where pass rush can usually thrive then is is what you're saying or is it just it depends on the week like is it just sporadic all over the place for you guys i mean on the season we're giving up a sack every 6.17 percent of dropbacks which is about 80th in the country so it's not good yeah it's yeah yeah. So I, I would expect yeah, okay. that you are going to get some guys, especially if we get, if we try to stick with the running game and it doesn't work, you're going to be able to have some of your guys pin their ears back and go after AOC. And they'll probably be pretty successful at it, even though you guys haven't had the best. You guys sack people, I think, at about 6.2 a game percent. So yeah yeah and so it'll like honestly it, it's a great litmus test for how good michigan state's pass rush can really be i mean it's because it's it's like average takes on just about average here for yeah. for this one exactly so, okay all right we'll see well like any good talking head sports podcaster i, I have to do this Yes, it is a two-and-a-half, three-point spread. Wherever you look, it is a trap game. Michigan State's coming off a very emotional win, historic win against Michigan. But with that said, i got to ask you for a prediction. Do you, do you have a prediction for this upcoming game at Ross-Aid Stadium where dreams go to die? For <laughs> yeah, that's that's about all we have to hold our hats to right now, but it's uh, well, a good say, thing to hold your hat on, though. All things considered, I, it could be worse. It could be worse. Success is nice in general. <laughs> yeah. Besides sure. the one game a year. But uh, I would say go yeah. out, you know, it's 3.30 game, about 2 o'clock, open your phone up. Go ahead, buy these odds, take MSU. I'm going to go 28-17 Spartans. I, I don't think oh. Purdue I, – I don't think Purdue can stick with this running game. I think you guys will ground us, and it's going to be a little cold – It'll be perfect weather for all those big Hasmalis up front. I I don't think it'll be too much trouble. I don't trust our offense enough to to make us pay or make you guys pay, even if you guys haven't been good this year. Well, do you know who has been good this year? It's you, Casey. This, this, this was awesome. I, I have genuinely love this chat, man. Like we, we do a breakdown with every other team. You know, media members, bloggers, podcasters, whatever. But like, th- th- this is—I can honestly say, like, this is probably my favorite call of the year. Like, this is awesome, Casey. Like, <laughs> well, I appreciate. I cannot it. thank you enough. Oh no, I appreciate you, man. A lot of fun. If people for some reason just wanted to shout at you on Twitter, I don't even think you had any hot takes or anything. But no, you know, no, no. if people wanted to find you out there, where can they find you? Uh, Casey Bartley HR on Twitter, and then we've got a little, you know, podcast twice a week, Hammer and Rails podcast over at SB Nation. Look at you, man. That's awesome. Mm. I got to say, you know what? Produce for all her program. Like, you guys are charming. I love her. <laughs> when it comes to basketball season, I, say, I just will wait. just mother F you to oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> I talk in a different tone entirely when we go oh, to yeah. basketball season. Well, I'm excited to talk to you in January or February, and then we will just, you know what? I'll, I'll doubt a whole fifth of uh, Admiral <laughs> Nelson, and then we, 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 we'll, we'll do this all over again in a much more hostile tone if you're down. But yeah, Casey, Absolutely, awesome. You, you're, you're the man. Really love this, man. So, hey, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, hey, you know, thanks for recording way earlier than I scheduled. I know I'm going <laughs> behind the curtain here, but uh, you're, you're the man, Casey. Love this. I appreciate it, man. Love Had this. a lot of fun. And a huge thank you to Casey for, uh, yeah, just his insight, his knowledge on Purdue. And, yeah, feel feel more prepared for this uh, Purdue game more so than I thought it would after the Michigan game because I thought I would just never even care about what happened the rest of the season. But time moves forward, and so does the football schedule. So, yeah, it was nice to uh, learn about Purdue from our guy Casey. So massive, massive thank you to him. 
We'll be back on the other side of this break with a big old sack of mail. But first, I need to talk to you fine folks about betonline.ag. That's right, betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just smash in promo code Locked On. that's one word, Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus. From basketball to football to baseball's postseason, NHL, that doesn't make sense, actually. Baseball postseason is already wrapped up. I apologize. Boxing, UFC, golf season rolls on, though. And your favorite Vegas casino games. Not way to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. That's BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So let's ride out the rest of the show by just cracking open that big old bag of mail. Um, once again, uh, find me on Twitter, Sheehan underscore sports, or hit me up on email at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Been hearing from a lot of you lately through email, and I really, really, really do appreciate it. And I also apologize if I have not gotten back to you yet uh, via email. I, I try to get back to everyone, but oh boy, uh, it's been a... But it's been a hectic uh, few weeks here, so yeah. Um, let's just get it started with this fantastic question. How much do we love the players' and coaches' approach when it comes to the rankings and everything? I myself love how focused they seem to be on the next game, no matter what. Absolutely, 100% agree. Uh, it is fantastic to see the focus move on to Purdue. Of course, Mel Tucker starts his Mondays with Mel press conference. Not so much lamenting on the Michigan win, but really the, the, the thesis of that press conference was to bang off as many stats and historic games that Purdue has won at Ross-Ade Stadium against top-ranked teams. You think Purdue football, you don't really think much, but mm, history will uh, tell you a different story. They are a very scary team if you are a ranked team with high hopes, especially going into that stadium. So yes, of course, the team celebrated. I'm sure they are a little, you know, still up in the clouds from last week's game, but as I was also reported, they didn't like move around this team meeting that they were going to have with former players, Jimmy Ray and Baba Pisa, um, to watch the, the rankings game. Or the, the rankings show, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Kenneth Walker, of course, did a media hit during the rankings show, but that, what was he supposed to do? Not do that? No. So for the rest of the team that they stayed in, they, they didn't even watch the ranking show to see them number three. And yeah, it's just one game after another. And that is something that Mel Tucker's done a really, really good job at so far this season is making sure that despite blowing by every expectation that everyone on the outside had about you, that you're not you know, relishing in the glory or anything. You are going on to the next game. Same can't be said about team down the road. Um, instead of going on to their next game, which they're going to have to win out to control their own destiny, um, whenever any of their players or coaches get in front of the media or are on a radio show, still Boiling over last week's game and not anything they did wrong. No, the the refs. That's right. It's, it's all the refs. So, tail two programs. One is successful and is always moving on to the next game and keeping their nose to the grindstone. And the other one is uh, just suffered their first piece of adversity and is already creating boogeyman and just focusing on that. So, but we knew this about the rivalry here and these two programs anyway. Uh, next question is for a real question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, a fake question, but so for a real question. What does running back depth look like moving forward? Obviously, Kenny Cutback, Kenny Heisman 3, Kenny Cold Cuts, Kenny Five Stacks, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he will lead to the NFL after the season. Probably a 
7.8% chance of that happening. With him, with him being such a huge percent this year, are we screwed for 2022? Uh, r- quick answer, no. I, I don't think we are, no. And uh, yes, we have Jordan Simmons, we have Eli Collins, who like, hopefully, all accounts, will be healthier next season than he is this season, as he hasn't really played at all. Um, I don't think MSU is screwed, per se. And I think it goes how we found Kenneth and what a great recruiting tool it is that, Hey, you could be a transfer, come right in and uh, yeah, we'll plug in play. And yeah, you, you can go off. Now I will say, uh, I already feel bad for the next running back. It's almost like when a legendary coach steps away from a program, it's like, well, the next guy that comes in is screwed. You know, think of when Tom Izzo steps away that that next coach, he's probably got three or four years here. And if he doesn't reach a final four by then he's out of there. It's very tough to follow up greatness. So whatever, Transfer running back, which I believe will be the route they go in the offseason. Um, gotta feel bad for him because it is going to be nearly impossible to match what Kenny has done this season. This is a not just generational season that he's having. This is probably a multi-generational season that we're seeing out of Kenneth Walker right now. With that said, though, you can still get some top running back talent, and there's no shortage of that in the portal. I mean, how many four-star running backs do we see swim in the portal every single year? I mean, so it's... I, I no screwed no I mean I think you got a really good uh, sales pitch right now after Kenny leaves like hey because just like you said in the question yeah he's taking up a large percentage of carries well that means when he leaves there's a large percentage of carries to be had so yeah if you're looking for some spin if you're a nice player if this staff really trusts that you are what your ranking is or are what your past stats say yeah step on up hey join us uh, in East Lansing the water's great over here uh, next question do you think that MSU and Haller will have the money to, I'm sorry, will have the will to pony up the cash to keep Tuck if that's what it takes. Is LSU really that much of a step up from MSU to lure him in if the money is equal? Really quick, I don't want to harp on this too much because it'll get down to the nitty gritty when December rolls around, but it it still is a story. It will always be a story until then. Uh, Money will not be the issue here. MSU can match and I think will match whatever's thrown at them. You, You have two billionaire alumni that are fumbling over their Scrooge McDuck money bags and each other to try to give as much money to the school as possible in Matt Ishbia and Dan Gilbert. I don't think money will be an issue here. Now, is LSU a step up from MSU? I, like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, like, sure, it is. Like, MSU is a top 20 program. LSU is a top 10, if not top 5 program. So, yeah, you're going to run into that, of course. But is that really that big of a step, though? And look what just happened at LSU. They just canned a coach for winning a national title after two years. Here in MSU, uh, he's already on well on his way to being a legend. So uh, if you're looking for job security, too, I think that's another huge part of this as well. Is that LSU, well, hey, this could, this could all go up in smoke very quickly. You you start your career there going 9-3, and 8-4, and 10-2, 9-3. I don't know if that's good enough at LSU. Whereas, hey, here in MSU, let, let's be honest, I think that would work out here perhaps. Um and also, a big argument, too, is like, oh, well, you could win more down there. It's like, can you? Like, I don't really know if I totally get the whole regional thing, too. Like, yeah, a lot of the best players are down in the south, but that hasn't seemed to bother Ohio State. Hasn't really seemed to bother Notre Dame. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like you're just up here recruiting JV high school players. Like, you could still have a winning program up here uh, in sunny old East Lansing. Also, uh, probably the last question that we'll go over is, what's your take... I'm sorry, I'm screwing up reading these questions, guys. 
What's your take on college football's landscape for 2021? I think Spartan Nation largely agrees that we are lacking some talent, but is Michigan really that good? Do Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, etc. all have cracks we don't typically see? Is this the outlier year anyone can win? I, yeah, I, totally. I mean, I think there's a lot of good teams in college football. I don't think there's a lot of great teams at all, actually. I think it's Georgia. That's it. Like, okay, Ohio State's probably bordering on great. Alabama bordering on great. But as far as the rest, like, I think this is the most even, as, as my son screams in the background, he's got a take to say about this too. But yeah, I think this is the most balanced college football season that we've had since, oh God, I probably the, like the BCS era when it wasn't just, you know, the college football playoff where you can rely on the same four teams over and over again, which I think is been great for Michigan State and also you know it's not just great that they can get ranked number three in the college football playoff but it's really going to help too maybe perhaps talked about this on yesterday's show but there there's there's a crack in the window if MSU does end the season at let's say 11 and 1 they lose close to Ohio State there is it's a non-zero chance that they can still make the college football playoff if they lose close to Ohio State because well look at all the other fires that have to happen around them Oklahoma would have to lose okay that's possible Wake Forest would have to lose. Okay, possible. Cincinnati would have to lose. Again, possible. Alabama would have to lose in the SEC title game against Georgia. Yeah, that seems pretty possible. So at the end of the year when all the dust settles and it's just a pile of college football rubble, maybe 11-1 Michigan State with a close loss to Ohio State isn't that far-fetched to get into the college football playoffs. So, yeah, hey, I think MSU is benefiting from that, but that's just how it goes sometimes, baby. That's right. you got to get hot the right years, and, well, Mel Tucker and company have been doing that Certainly. So thanks again, guys, for listening to another episode of Locked on Spartans. If you are looking for more football, especially Big Ten football, hop on the Locked on Big Ten podcast with our guy Nate Dickinson as he will hold your hand and guide you through the rest of the conference because contrary to popular belief, there are more teams in the Big Ten than the Michigan State Spartans. So there's not as good as us, of course. I mean, come on, but still worth listening about with our guy Nate Dickinson on the Locked on Big Ten podcast. On tomorrow's show, guys, yes, we will be uh, getting more into the game, Saturday's game. Uh, I'll vent about what I feel for it, some key stats going into the game as well. And, yeah, it'll it'll, it'll be a, a hoot and a half. And, of course, ending it with best bets. So thanks a ton for listening, guys. You guys are all the best. Have yourself a Thursday. Go Green.